Our family went to see the uh, new Justice League movie, and as you'll see on the uh, image that's here, how many of you have seen that? Okay, a few of you. Well, I am not going to uh, spoil it because I realize uh, not everybody has, has seen it, or some of you never will. Some of you don't want to see it, and that's, that's fine. But as you can see on the, the poster there, the Justice League is reunited to save the world. And as it says, you can't save the world alone. And you have uh, Batman, you have uh, Superman, uh, you have uh, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman, and I can't remember the guy on the bottom left. Uh, Flash, and the top left? Cyborg. Okay, see, some of you know more than I thought you knew about this movie. Um, but they say they can't do it alone. And even as superheroes, with all of their strengths and their, their powers, they don't have enough power to overcome the evil that is in the world. Uh, and in this particular movie, that is Steppenwolf, uh, which is not just a band, Bill. It's, uh, it, it, it's a villain. Get your motor yes. Um, but they need each other in order to overcome evil. The world is in a, a mess. I mean, it's, it's full chaos and mayhem. As I think about chaos and mayhem, it, it sounds more like uh, the current reality that we live in than the context of a good movie or a science fiction story. I mean, don't we today know of chaos in our world? Uh, in just uh, another, well, another week we'll be singing some songs about peace and thinking about peace and how that word plays into our Advent hopes as well as, uh, as we celebrate Christmas. And sometimes it seems silly trying to uh, speak of something that we know very little of in our world because it's, it's a world that is characterized by its chaos. A world with good and evil at war with one another, with darkness and light and with villains and superheroes, with justice and injustice, with death and life. This is the world that Jesus entered into. It is the world that Jesus inhabited long ago. And the people that Jesus lived among had been waiting for a superhero to show up for years. In fact, as you heard the Ezekiel passage read earlier, uh, it is all about a shepherd, a shepherd who is coming to, to do some things that need to be done in the world. And as we have heard from Jesus' story, we find that is the case there as well. For them, justice was something that they still longed for, but was way beyond their reach. Many of them must have given up on justice. They thought it's never going to happen. We're never going to get our property back. We're never going to get our lives back. We're never going to get our freedom back. And they must have been questioning God. Have you ever done that? If you're honest, you will say yes. Uh, I think all of us at different times in our lives have questioned God. Maybe it's just questioning if God exists. Maybe it's because we have prayed a prayer for so long and never seen any results come from it, never heard from God, never uh, have any resolution for 
the need that we might have in life. I think many of them were just right there questioning how their God could ever be a judge. And as they would hear within their own religious texts that God was judge and, and that the judge was coming to bring justice and, and to take care of them and, and do all of these things for righteousness' sake, they just had to wonder, is this so? And even if God is a judge, maybe they are living out His judgment. So it, for those who would actually believe that, they must have reasoned that this was their plight in, the wor- in their world and, and it must be God's judgment. But then Jesus shows up and He starts telling stories. And we've heard a bunch of these stories here lately. He tells stories about a king about kingdoms, vineyards, prodigals, bridesmaids, workers, farmers, birds, and seeds. And there's so much more that he includes in a story. In fact, wherever he was, he would just take from whatever was around him. As he was teaching, he would use all of the, uh, the elements around him to help illustrate a point and to get some truth across to people in a way that they might never have heard or considered. His stories, especially the ones that we've explored in the last month or so, they frequently feature a day of judgment and are apocalyptic. Uh, If you were here last Sunday, I I talked about the talents, the parable of the talents, and and how we are all given at least one talent or uh, some kind of a, a skill or some kind of a mandate about what we ought to do in this world, and that we're going to be held accountable for what God has given us. And you remember the guy who went and dug a hole and buried the talent that that, uh, the owner had given him, and he was held accountable for that. And those who took their talents and invested them and saw something come back from that, they were uh, honored and rewarded and given even more. But it was about judgment. It was about accountability. Not a one of us likes to hear about accountability. It's like discipline. Anybody ever says discipline, you, your mind goes to a negative thought. For me, it is the vice principal at Hubbard Middle School in Tyler, Texas. And uh, discipline represented a fiberglass paddle with uh, holes drilled in it that frequently met my back end uh, Usually, uh, by the end of the week, uh, I was in that principal's office in trouble for something. I never did anything wrong, but that's just where I was. Discipline, or judgment, or accountability, these are not things that we like to hear. And yet, we know that they are a reality. There are always consequences for our actions, or for our inaction. And this genre of Literature, this apocalyptic uh, description of, of this story fits with so many others that we can read in Daniel or Revelation or in other parts of the Bible. The story that we've just heard from Matthew is certainly apocalyptic as Jesus begins it uh, telling how the Son of Man, and anytime you see that in the Bible, that is very much uh, an apocalyptic phrase. It is Uh, coming from Daniel, and it's a description of this one who was coming to gather and judge. 
And Jesus says, the Son of Man is coming to judge all nations, all peoples, from His throne of glory. Separating people as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. And this is what a shepherd would do at night. Take the, uh, the sheep and put them over here and, and, and let the goats either graze or put them separately. And so the shepherd would come and do this. And Jesus says the sheep are the righteous. And the word righteous there is, uh, think about ethics. People who are ethical. People who are doing the right thing for people around them. So he says the sheep are the righteous. Those people who loved the most vulnerable people and the marginalized of their society. And they did this with actions. Whatever they did for them, they were doing for God. The goats were the people who didn't do anything for the most vulnerable and marginalized. Oh yeah, they may have talked about it. They may have expressed how important it is to do that. But they never did it. Maybe they thought they would get to it at some point. That uh, sooner or later there would be a need that they felt like they would be able to meet. But they either didn't care for the poor and the marginalized, or they did but just didn't care enough to turn their beliefs into actions. So whatever they didn't do for them, they didn't do for God. What Jesus wants the people who are listening to Him that day to hear and to know is that they still had a king, one who still had a kingdom, one whose kingdom was characterized by love and compassion for the most vulnerable and oppressed in their society. And one who would bring justice for all people. The words of Jesus are for us today as well, aren't they? Right here in our world, we don't know very much about sheep and goats. And I certainly don't know enough about them experientially to... Uh, to be able to uh, describe everything you would need to know about sheep and goats. But they did. They understood what he was talking about. Uh, they lived in, in the country, and, and uh, this was their way of life. But we are to hear them within our own context, understanding that a day will come when we are judged by God as a sheep or a goat. Think for a moment. Which one will you be? Which, which way will you be directed? As a sheep or a goat? You may say, well, what's wrong with a goat? Or what's wrong with a sheep? Or which one am I supposed to be? And I would say, really, we're probably uh, both at various times in our lives. Sometimes we're a sheep. Sometimes we're a goat. But hopefully more of the time, we are living as righteous people and doing things for others. We are to understand that a day is coming when we will be held accountable for what we've done or haven't done for the most vulnerable and needy in our world. The standards that we may have used for ourselves to see if we're doing okay. Uh, you know, sometimes people keep, a, a keep track. Uh, I call it sin management. And so if, you, if you're going to manage your sins, you're, and some people get really obsessed about this, to make sure they're going to go to heaven so they manage their sins and make sure they've confessed and, and are ready to go. You know, if they happen to fall down, have a heart attack, or, uh, you know, get hit by a train or whatever, 
then they're going to go to heaven because they've, they've confessed all their sins, they're ready to go. Uh, and some people will measure themselves according to that, which is kind of a scary way to measure your salvation. Um, I, would, I would say go on the grace side, not on the, uh, the, the sin side of that. But we also measure other people based on their sins. We manage their sins for them, don't we? We keep up with what people do and what they don't do and what they say or how they live. And, and we like to keep up with all of that. And usually those kinds of people are goats and uh, they don't do as well with themselves. They would say they're a sheep, not a goat. And so we have different standards. But the standards that we've used for ourselves or for other people, they really become meaningless at this point. In light of what Jesus has said, what matters most is what matters most to our judge. If you go to court tomorrow and stand before a judge, it really doesn't matter what you think, right? It doesn't matter uh, what probably what you say or uh, what your attorney might say for you. Uh, it, it's what the judge is using as a standard of, of measurement and judgment, a law. And we need to recognize that as well, that God is the one who has the standard for our judgment. As James Forbes, who was a pastor at Riverside uh, Church in New York City, uh, once said, and, and this I think is a great standard, nobody gets to heaven without a letter of reference from the poor. Think about it. Do you have a letter of reference from the poor? In this day when Christians in America are known more for fighting same-sex marriage than caring for the poor, for being more concerned for jobs than climate change, for building church campuses rather than affordable housing, for protesting abortion more than advocating for people without health care, and most recently, for caring more about keeping a Senate seat than morality. Are we Christians not the goats in this story? Thinking that we are righteous sheep while all along neglecting God in His many distressing disguises of the least of these of our world. You see, and that's what Jesus is trying to tell them. When you give someone clothes, when, when you go visit them in prison, when you help those who are uh, naked, you give them clothing. When you do these things, you're really doing them unto me. And when you don't do them, you're not doing it to me. You're not caring for me. And as Mother Teresa said, these are the dis distressing disguises of the poor. As cute as goats may be, I don't think anyone here wants to be one after hearing this story. So how do we make sure that we are sheep? Or at least sheep more often than we are goats? Well, we live as sheep when we collect and donate coats for the coatless who come to the clothing closets as temperatures <coughs> drop as we get towards winter. We look like sheep with aprons on when we volunteer to host or to serve a table at the Highland Blessing Dinner each month. We are sheep 
when we participate with other churches in our neighborhood to provide an alternative to payday loans, predatory lending, which is so destructive and so hard to ever get away from. Our flock is strongest when we do things like help an at-risk child learn to read. Celebrate birthdays with homeless veterans. Direct ex-prisoners to employment. Provide diapers and formula for babies and for moms in crisis. And when working with other faith groups and organizations to develop a program for workers and uh, to give them the opportunity to have a living wage job. These are just a few of the ways that we can make uh, a difference in our world and make sure that we don't end up with the goats. But what other actions can we do? Not just as a church or a flock, what can you do as a single sheep to care for the least of these in Highland and in our city? You've probably seen the show Undercover Boss. You've probably seen it so many times, and you've, you know it's in reruns now. Uh, and, and it's been on long enough to where the trick doesn't work anymore uh, with people. But it, it's the show where an owner goes in disguise to see uh, how uh, he or she will, will be received by the employees. Uh, and so different ones, uh, you know, big companies have, have been highlighted on this. And there's always either a really bad toupee or a wig or a mustache or something. But uh, for about a, a week, I think it is, the boss will go and show up and uh, maybe go through the drive-through if, if he uh, owns the Burger Kings or if, if she uh, owns, a, I think there was a floral shop, uh, and she went out and made a delivery and uh, found out, you know, some things about her employees and the kind of quality or lack of quality that they, that they had. But at the end of the show, there's always a time of review with each one of those employees. And it's always interesting to look and to watch the faces of the, the employees as they discover that as soon as that boss takes off the wig or the toupee or whatever the disguise is, when they see that, uh-oh, I didn't treat her or him so well. It's not going to be a good review. Or maybe for the ones who have done so well uh, and, and shined and, and, and just uh, really impressed the owner, then they get a reward for that. And usually it's, they get a promotion or um, they get a scholarship to school or something along those lines. What we must know this morning is that each one of us will have a review with the owner. We will have that time of accountability with God on what we did or didn't do for the people in need who live among us. So the World Injustice League is familiar. Our world is in trouble. And what it needs most is not superheroes, but sheep. Let us pray.